Gosh, I love Muddy Waters. This is Sean Sullivan coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa with Grace. Thank you for tuning in to Best in Class. Thank you, Muddy, for bringing it in for me. I love music, so please check out Muddy Waters. So we are getting into March. I mean, it's coming fast, Grace. Our season's coming along. For those of you who don't know, the, the car buying season starts in March, and I'm very excited about that. Buying your car, selling your car servicing your car, getting parts for your car, fixing those light scratches on your cars. Bill Curry Ford can do it all. I am um, so grateful for the opportunity that I get to work for the Currys. I get to do so many things in the community, like this podcast, which I love so much. But we really do do a great job. Please visit us at BillCurryFord.com. See all of our great specials. See our amazing staff. Follow us on Bill Curry Tampa, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think you're going to like what you find. Go to Curry Cares Foundation and see the 41 active charities that we work on. Again, if you have something that you need, you can contact Grace uh, at gthomas at billcurry.com or email me at bestinclass at billcurry.com for all of your orders. Remember, I'm taking orders right now on new vehicles to include Broncos, to include Mach-E's, to include Expeditions, Escapes. I'm taking an order on everything, and I'm doing it without deposits. And I'm doing it over email, over phone, through my BDC. So I'm making it as easy as I can. Oh, and our construction is going really well. We're about a month ahead of schedule for the premier dealership in Tampa. It's a dealership that you guys deserve. And I can't wait for you to see the amenities that the Curry family is going to provide for you. Great. So let's get into some football. This podcast is going to be very interesting. And I'm getting lots of emails about my wrap-up of the Senior Bowl, which was very kind. And I appreciate that. And then, oh my gosh, the the best-in-class all-rookie team blew up. So I got that's the most emails and text messages and response that I've gotten. Thank you so much for the support. I love doing this. I loved doing my wrap up. I loved the, the, the people who said me and said, I completely agree. You can, if you don't agree with me, send it to me too. I haven't got those yet. I haven't got the people that say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, which I, I'm fine with that. I can argue. I can defend my points of view like Elijah Mitchell. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. So send me that stuff too. But I appreciate all of the praise for the podcast and the fact that you guys are listening to me. It's a very humbling experience. Again, thank you so much for all the praise about the uh, best-in-class all-rookie team. And now let's go ahead and, and jump in and look at the 2021 draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, and I got Starbucks coffee, which I'm super excited about. So first, obviously, the first overall pick, if you listen to Joe Bucks fan and, and you, you listen to me on the podcast do the draft with them last year, I was able to pick Joe Tryon as the number 32 overall pick for the Bucks. got the pick right, which is pure luck. I appreciate all the people who say it's not. But again, there's so many factors that have to happen for the player to actually drop to 32 and then for them to actually select a 32. I can only tell you about the players that I know that they like. And it will be after the combine when we're actually going to be really breaking down what the Bucks are going to do. But let's talk about Joe Tryon. So he was a linebacker, pass rusher, defensive end edge, whatever you want to call him. Number 32 overall out of Washington. He played, he played in 17 games, had six starts. 21 solo tackles, two assists, 12 stops, four sacks, 23 quarterback hurries, six quarterback hits, total three, 33 total pressures. So the interesting thing about him was he only averaged 30 snaps a game for the season. That's it. 30 snaps. So it's very hard to sit there and say that this guy did not have a successful rookie year when he didn't get the playing time. So obviously um, a, a hurt player dominated. And there's so many ways to look at this between Pierre Paul and saying, was Joe Tryon not good enough to beat 
a Pierre Paul with a torn rotator cuff for playing time. And I'm not quite sure that, that, that that's a fair assessment of Joe Tryon. It might be more about the fact that Pierre Paul knew the defense better. He is a legitimate threat that defenses had to plan for before his injury. And he also plays the run very well. So I think there were some, some many factors going on there. But again, very happy with uh, Joe Tryon's rookie season. Do I feel like he could have done more? Of course I do. Do I feel like that he played too much in pass defense? I mean, he had four pass defense for the season. Um, and, you know, I, I looked at that. He, he got dropped back and passed consistently. And I felt like on his pass rush snaps, he only had, out of all of his snaps, he had 300 of his snaps for pass rush. 180 of his snaps were roughly, these are rough numbers, were playing the run so or playing the pass. So... I thought that was interesting. So 33 pressures, basically 300 snaps. He led the team in pressures per snap, and he had 23 quarterback hurries and four sacks. So the first year for for Joe Tryon is a very difficult year for edges, uh, your rookie year, learning a new defense, learning how to play uh, with these veterans, and then also the fact that he took a year off prior. So really he was out of football for two years. So if you the way you have to look at it, lots of time. My best advice for Joe Tryon is he needs to get in the weight room and he needs to be very studious about putting on some muscle on his upper body for taking on those tackles in the NFL. So what I noticed about him, if his speed doesn't work, he has trouble getting off the block, which again, if every player learned how to get off the block, then every player would be Lawrence Taylor, right? And they're not. So what I need him to do is look at some, t- um, some tape of Simeon Rice. And I think he needs to study some pass rushing of Simeon Rice because Simeon Rice was a speed rusher. And then he surprised the tackles with his strength. And I think that that's why he won. And he deserves the Hall of Fame, by the way. And that's why he won a lot of games. And I think with Joe Tryon, it's very similar. Joe Tryon has the speed, but I don't think he has the strength yet. And I think that happens in the offseason. And I think that the Bucks really need to work on his upper body strength. But other than that, I think at the 32nd overall pick on a Super Bowl team, uh, I think it's tough, and I think he did a very, very good job, and I think you're going to see the decision on Pierre Paul. If we don't re-sign Pierre Paul, I, I think that says a message about what we're, what we think about Joe Tryon and how he's going to work in this defense. All right, so second round pick, Kyle Trask. So let's get into the quarterback talk, all right, because this is the big subject that's on every single thing that you can talk about. Kyle Trask was our second round pick, 64th overall out of Florida, zero starts, playing zero games. I don't think he practiced. According to Clyde Christensen, all he did was get coffee. So let's talk about this guy for a second. I have a lot of my friends that come up to me and say, hey, what do you think about Kyle Trask? What do you think about Kyle Trask if we don't get one of the big quarterbacks? Here's my thought on this. This is a guy that played in 12 games in 2020 for the University of Florida. He threw 437 passes. He completed 301 of them for 70% completion percentage. He threw for 4,283 yards, which are all Florida records. He threw for 43 touchdowns and only had eight picks. He had a quarterback ranking of 180. So if you think about it, he was in the conversation with Devontae Smith, who actually won the Heisman. Kyle Trask was one of the three finalists for the, for the Heisman Trophy. He got all the way up there. That's how impressive this season was for Kyle Trask. My thought on this is he's 6'5", 236, is very accurate to show you 70% in college. That's going to translate in the NFL. Doesn't turn the ball over and throws a lot of touchdowns and has a big arm. I don't know how you go wrong here. 
I, I, I get so many people like, oh, Kyle Trask, oh, Kyle Trask. What are you guys looking at? Do you guys watch football? I, I, I don't know what you guys are looking at. This guy would be the number one pick in this draft, in this, in this upcoming 2022 quarterback. He'd be the first quarterback taken in this draft. And if I told you that Tom Brady retired and the Bucs are going to get the best quarterback in the 22 uh, draft to start the season, everybody would be excited. Except if it's Kyle Trask. Then everybody's like, oh, I don't understand it. I don't understand what you guys are looking at. Let me just talk about this game. Let me just talk about what kind of guy he is. Besides the fact that he's battled for every single position he's ever been in, that he is a relentless worker, he's a relentless guy, practicing guy. He absolutely is everything you could want in a quarterback. As, as far as a leader, everybody likes him in the locker room. And I have inside sources. So this is not guessing, guys. I know a lot of these Buccaneer players. I know a lot of the executives because I'm in this business. And I'm telling you, they all like him. Now, he didn't get the reps that he should have got last year because he was third. on the And, and, the, and Arians is not going to waste a lot of reps on him. So they have a lot of work to do if he's going to be our starter for the season. And I know everybody's talking about Blaine Gabbert, but for this conversation, we're talking about Kyle Trask, if he's our pick. He played in the Oklahoma Bowl game. And a lo- everybody I talk to always brings this game up. Oh, he didn't play well against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Well, let me explain to you why he didn't play. Maybe you guys aren't unaware of this, but when he had the opportunity to opt out and be and not play in that game, he probably would have been a first-round draft pick. That's how much that game dropped him to the second round. And let me explain to you why. That Oklahoma defense is no joke, okay? He played without his top four wide receivers. Now, remember, he threw for 4,283 yards, 70 separate completions, 43 touchdowns with these guys. And I'm talking about Kyle Pitts, which was the fourth overall pick in the draft. Kadarius Toney, first-round draft pick of the New York Giants. Trey Grimes and Jacob Copeland. Those, all of those guys set out. Oh, and by the way, it's only his left tackle. The, the left tackle also decided not to play in this game. So this gentleman goes into the game and says, I'm not letting my team down. I'm not letting these fans down. I'm going to play with people I've never thrown the ball to all year. Okay? I'm going to get blocked by an offensive line that's not the same starters I had all year. And, and you notice he threw three interceptions in that game. All three interceptions were to freshman wide receivers that were running wrong routes. I know that sounds like excuses, but there's a track record behind this. If he was throwing three interceptions and and Pitts and Tony are in the game and Grimes and, and Copeland's catching the balls downfield, if those guys are in the game, yeah, then you could say, okay, let's break this down. This is a guy that would not let his fans and his fans down and said, I'm not going to opt out of this game, and he probably cost him first-round uh, status. That's what kind of character this man has. All right, And I know that nobody cares about character anymore, but I do. I know that nobody cares about it. We would literally welcome Deshaun Watson in here with open arms if he could win us championships. He's not a good guy, okay? We we had Jeremy Stevens play for this team under John Gruden. He's not a good guy. We've had all kinds of people. Antonio Brown was not a good guy. And if you guys listen to the podcast, I didn't want Antonio Brown on this team. I talked about it. I was very vocal about it. I would have rather drafted a wide receiver high than, than have Antonio Brown on this team, but I don't get to make those decisions. I am, I'm not saying that they have to be choir boys, okay? There's an expression in the car business. There's black, there's red, and there's gray, okay? If you live in the, in the black, right, that's okay. If you live in the gray, right, that's, you're, you're getting, yeah, okay, 
maybe there, there's some questionable, you make some questionable decisions, but the majority of your decisions are still going to be okay. But then there's the red. If you live in the red, right, you're not a good person. And I have plenty of those people in the car business. I'm sure that many of the people listening to this podcast have met them. And I'm not talking about a Bill Curry Ford. They're all over our industry. There are not good, they're every industry. And let's talk about lawyers. We can, that's a whole nother conversation. But let's just talk about football players. I understand that these are not choir boys, but I prefer my guys to live in the black and the, and the gray. If gray worst, no red. Nobody, and I don't like people who beat up on women. I have a female owner. It's a big deal to her. Uh, it's a very big deal to her. If you lay a hand on a woman, it's a big deal. Okay? And I don't think you should be rewarded with millions of dollars in endorsements. Okay? You should be thrown out. Right? That's just a no-no. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that when I got here and to Bill Curry Ford in 2018 that Jennifer told me straight up. She's like, bring in all the people that you want to bring in. But I have these certain things that I will not tolerate as a female owner of, of this franchise. And I understood that. And as her general manager, I honored that. And, and, she, and then three years later, she's absolutely right. The best way to predict future behavior is past behavior. That's the best predictor. If someone is doing all these bad things and you think all of a sudden they're going to be this great person and they're going to snap out of it. I'm not saying there's no absolutes in life. I'm not saying it never happens. But the majority of the time, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I don't want these guys on my team, okay? I want guys like Kyle Trask, a guy that was a walk-on, a guy that, that busted his tail to get his position, that fought through you know, four- and five-star quarterbacks to get his position, and then goes in the game and throws for 4,200 yards, 43 touchdowns, eight interceptions, completes 70% of his passes. Oh, and by the way, grew three and a half inches. He's like six five and a half now with this powerful arm. And then have people tell me, did you see the Oklahoma game? Yeah. Did you guys do any research on the Oklahoma game to understand exactly what this poor guy did? He stood up as the captain of his team and said, there is no opt-out for me. There's no opt-out, right? I'm a leader. There's no such thing. And, I, and everybody's going to go, oh, well, we have to worry about their future. They would have no future if it wasn't for the game they were playing. There would be no future that they're concerned about. If they didn't have the platform of college football, there would be no future. Well, what happens if he gets injured in the game? Well, guess what? He could get injured leaving his car at practice. How many practice injuries have you guys heard of? How many workout injuries? We had a, a player last year that injured himself, a top uh, receiver for the Bucks, that injured himself working um, on practice, like working out in the offseason. Got hurt. It happens. We signed one of our, our, our biggest signing uh, offensive linemen ever that got hurt lifting weights in the offseason. It happens. Life happens, Right? You can't go through it scared, and you had an obligation to your team to play. And I and I'm that's why one of those things when they opt out, it drives me insane. I'm going to opt out because it's about me. It's not about the team. It's always about the team. And then after the team, it's about the city. And then after the city, it's about the fans. Right? That's what this game is about, and that's why I love it. You guys represent us on a larger scale, and that's why I want good people, and that's why. I think Kyle Trask should get an opportunity to start for this team. At least let him start some preseason games so we can actually see what kind of talent this guy has because I think it's going to be impressive, and I think he can throw down the field. And I know everybody says, well, there's – I heard this from several people. Well, there's coaches that don't think he can do it. Well, how do you know until you're out and the, the bullets are flying around? Let's Maybe let's not put him out there with an offensive lineman that are a bunch of Amazon truck drivers right now. 
you know, why don't we put him out there with guys that, that, you know, that are actually professional football players that start in the NFL and can actually block and let's see what this guy can do or maybe catch. Mike Evans makes every quarterback look better. You want to know why? Because Mike Evans is a Hall of Fame, amazing workhorse wide receiver. Very proud of Mike Evans, right? Why don't we give Kyle Trask a chance to play with playoff Lenny and Mike Evans and these guys and see what, what rises up? You know, it's so funny to me how everybody talks about Tom Brady being the best ever. And they don't remember how he got his start. He got his start because of an injury, okay? He wasn't good in practice. He didn't perform well at the Combine, right? So let's just say what it is. He got an opportunity, and he became what he is because of that opportunity, why aren't we giving Kyle Trask an opportunity? And why are we all talking about this as if this guy can't play? This guy was probably the best quarterback in college football. He'd be the top quarterback drafted this year in 2022. And he would have been a first-round draft pick last year had he not played in that Cotton Bowl and represented his, his Gators the correct way with all of these ridiculous opts-outs before the game. And by the way, it didn't even help their draft status. None of those guys went higher because they opted out. The only person, the only thing that happened was because they opted out, they caused another great player to lose his draft status, which sucks. All right, I'm done talking about Kyle Trask. If we don't get Russell Wilson, if we don't get Carr, if we don't get – because Garoppolo's not going to work in this offense, guys. He's not going to work. So please stop asking for Garoppolo. If we don't get somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who apparently all of a sudden is now taking trade offers, you know – I don't think they're going to trade him into the NFC, and they'd be ridiculous if the Green Bay Packers traded him to the Buccaneers. That would be just absolutely silly. But if Russell Wilson came here, if Carr came here, if one of these guys came here, then yes, that's different. But if we're going to go into a season and we don't have one of these guys, why on earth would you not let see if Kyle Trask has it? Let him go into camp and battle Blaine Gabbert and Teddy Bridgewater and whoever else we can sign you know, to battle. But this guy deserves a chance. It just amazes me that the fans are not giving this guy any opportunity because you don't know what you don't know. And I can't tell you if Trask is good or not until I see him play. I can only tell you the last time I watched this guy play for an entire season, he was the best college player. That was it. He was the best. Most accurate. Had the best ball down the field. He averaged 9.8 yards a completion. Right? He throws the ball down the field. He had down the field targets. He fits Bruce Arians' offense. He could stand in the pocket at 6'5", 236. He could take the punishment. Give the guy a chance. All right, let's go. Round three, Robert Hainsey, offensive tackle center uh, out of Notre Dame. I love this pick from Jason Light. Jason Light knows offensive linemen, guys. You know, you can say what you want about Jason Light. The guys, I think he drafts very, very well. And I think he understands the offensive line better than any general manager in, in football, to be honest. Robert Hainsley is played he played in nine games he only had 31 snaps most of those snaps were special teams because ryan jensen's a pro bowl center hainsey basically didn't get his opportunity to play guard or center so if jensen walks in this offseason then you're going to see robert hainsey move into that center spot and i think he's i think he's day one starter well do you lose something of course you lose something ryan jensen's one of the best in the game but how do we know what Robert Hainsey can do? We drafted him because he's a terrific center. He came from a terrific program. He came from terrific coaching. He has the size and the ability to do this job. I think going into this season, going into this offseason, Jensen's going to have to walk because of pay, even though I would hate to see him leave. As you know, the, the standing ovation that he got when he came off the field, I mean, when he was hurt, I mean, my goodness, if that didn't move you, then you're dead because that was a very moving moment. 
and I would love for Jensen to stay, and yes, I'd like him to sign him. But if he has to go, and that's the offensive lineman we have to let walk, then Robert Haynes, he's ready for this job, guys. He's ready. Fourth round, Jalen Darden, wide receiver, North Texas. Played in nine games, zero starts, terrible on special teams. Doesn't block, doesn't catch well, looks skittish. My problem, and I've talked about this a million times, is I don't like drafting wide receivers from small schools, especially if they're small in stature. And I'm a Bucks fan. I, I can give you, I don't know, five examples over since 1976 about these small school guys that don't work. I understand that we find small school offensive linemen, and that was on me because I didn't believe we could, and Jason Light has proved me to be a liar. He is absolutely right. He's been able to find these guys consistently with Steny and with Marpet out of Hobart State, which was fantastic. And then, again, um, this year with the gentleman that's leaving, most likely it's going to get signed by the Bengals. So Jalen Darden, a very big disappointment to me because Amon Ross St. Brown, who is a superstar for the Detroit Lions, was drafted in the same round. Okay, so out of USC, who was ready, game ready. You know, like Lovey Smith said, are we Tennessee ready? These guys are NFL ready. These small school guys, they get into the league and they're like, oh my gosh, everybody runs as fast as me. All these guys are way bigger. Like even the even the backup players run fast, okay? These are good players. This is the NFL. This is the greatest collection of men of 32 teams in the world, okay? And then these North Texas guy gets in there and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to slide down. It's not the cleats, guys. They slide down on purpose. Okay, they don't want to take the hits. I don't know what to tell you. Stop drafting wide receivers from small schools. You know who I want to draft this year. If we're going to draft a wide receiver, Jalen Dotson out of Penn State is the man. Okay, he's the man. If if that's the way that Jason Light's going to go, that guy fixes a lot of our problems immediately. From kick returner, punt returner to outside receiver can play the slot. That guy is a superstar. And he's going to be, I think he's going to be available in that round just because of the deep wide receiver class. Okay, round five, K.J. Britt, 176 pick overall, played in 17 games, zero starts. We all saw that he really came on late in the season on special teams. I was very impressed with K.J. Britt as far as a special teams player. That's what he is. Solid tackler, runs great straight lines, does not have terrific lateral movement. And, you know, and he is a throwback linebacker. So I think... And if you're going to get a guy at 176 in the fifth round to be a special teams ace, I think that's wonderful. And I think Jason Light did a great job. Chris Wilcox, our seventh round pick, 251, he actually never made the team. So he actually is on the Colts practice squad. So that's where he spent his season. So he was released uh, prior to the season. He's out of BYU. He was um, a guy that we drafted as a gunner for special teams. I'm sure that's what we drafted him for. He has a very good 40-time and I think the way that K.J. Britt and Grant Stewart played, they, they were able to get rid of Chris Wilcox. So speaking of Mr. Irrelevant, number pick 259, last pick of the draft, Grant Stewart, linebacker out of Houston. Love this guy. Love his energy. Love his heart. Again, these are the types of players I would have on my team. He played in 17 games. He had a lot of spe- – he led the team in special teams tackles. He was the energy that, that came down the field that got our guys fired up. So – I'm, I'm super happy with Grant Stewart and K.J. Britt as role players. You still got to have role players. I'm very happy. So this is what we need to – summing up our, our draft. And I've seen our grades from C's to D's. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you can't grade our draft until Joe Tryon plays a full year. 
and and in and, 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 and earns the starting job and plays more than 30 snaps a game. Okay? You can't really judge him yet. Kyle Trask never took a snap. Can't judge our draft on a quarterback that we draft in the second round. Let's like think like how am I grading um Trey Lance from the 49ers? You drafted him in the first round. Does that mean their whole their whole draft is terrible because Trey Lance didn't play? No. Robert Hainsey, again, on a Super Bowl team, played 31 snaps behind a Pro Bowl starting center. Again, no idea. Now, when you get into the bottom half of the of the draft, those are special teams players. So those top three picks, I, I would not redo them. I, I think that Jason Light did a terrific job. I think Joe Tryon, Kyle Trask, and Robert Hainsey are going to show you that they are quality starters in the NFL. That's how I feel about it. And I think I'm going to prove some people wrong. And as far you know, I did have another note in here on Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden had the opportunity to get more playing time, and Cyril Grayson, Tyler Johnson, and Brashard Perryman all took his time away. So that just tells you, if he couldn't beat out Cyril Grayson, who was on the street, and Tyler Johnson, who was a six-round pick last year, and Brashard Perryman, who we signed late in the season for depth, he couldn't play ahead of any of these guys. So that just tells you that he is not going to be a, a good receiver. Now, in this offseason, does, does he hit the weight? Does he put on some upper body weight? Does he does he add some strength? Does he say I, I adjusted to the speed of the NFL? Who knows? But he he didn't show anything his rookie year to give me any indication that he's going to be good moving forward. So that wraps up our 2001 uh, draft. So next podcast for best in class, I'm going to be breaking down the top 2021 drafts and the worst 2021 drafts. Uh, I think that's going to be a really fun podcast. Please don't miss that. Please email me at bestinclass at billcurry.com. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa. Um, go to billcurry4.com. Visit all of our, our, our website. Visit all of our wonderful specials. Please email me if you want to order a car. Again, I will do that without a deposit right over the, um, the email. You don't even have to come into the dealership. If you have a, a charity opportunity or something especially local in Tampa, please contact Grace at gthomas at billcurry.com. She will be happy to assist you. Again, the giant is coming which I am very excited. We're a month ahead of our construction, and it's going to be an honor to have this facility to, to serve Tampa in. Again, thank you for following Best in Class Podcast. I'll see you guys next week.